see, please. Of course, most of you know, probably all of you know, my last name is, is Loveless, and I've told you the story before of my grandmother. Her maiden name was, was Poor. And so they had the poor, loveless wedding. I've told you all that one before. But my grandmother had a brother. His name was Tom. Uncle Tom. My dad's Uncle Tom. And uh, Uncle Tom was famous for uh, showing up to a place. Hey, there's Uncle Tom. Hey, how you doing? Talking. And all of a sudden you look around and Uncle Tom would be gone. He wouldn't tell anybody bye. He wouldn't say, see you later. He wouldn't shake anybody's hand, hug their neck. He'd just be... Oh, and so whenever we have to leave a party or we have to leave somewhere and not tell anybody bye, we call it pulling an Uncle Tom in our family. Everybody, if you said that to my mom and daddy, they know exactly what you meant. I'm, we're going to pull an Uncle Tom. Well, me and Sarah and Emmy, we're going to pull an Uncle Tom here at the end of services. All right. Just letting you know, I'm not going to be back there hugging your neck today. I love you. OK, but we got to boogie woogie down to uh, Freed Hardman. I got to get the girls checked in. I've got to get checked in. It's going to be a busy Busy afternoon. takes a while to get down there. So I just want you to know I love you before I go. And I'll miss you. And Lord willing, we'll be back here uh, this next week. And Jeff Archie's coming. Oh, man, I can't wait. I can't wait. He's already sent me his PowerPoints, uh, sent us his PowerPoints. I've got them loaded on the, on the screens back there. That's how ready he is, okay? He's holding our gospel meeting. And, and uh in the mail, you're going to receive, I hope I've sent it to everybody, in the mail, you're going to receive an assignment in the mail for, for our gospel meeting. A congregation-wide assignment. Okay? So take it, take it to heart. Take it seriously. Take your assignment seriously when you get it in the mail uh, this week. I don't, some of you may have already got Has anybody gotten it already? Some of you have. Some of you haven't. It'll be coming in coming Monday. Okay? Take it seriously. Uh, if you don't get one or you'd like... To do more, there are uh, these assignment sheets. They're out on, in the foyer on the table. And would love for us all to be involved in inviting our friends and our family members to hear Jeff this, this next week. Uh, turn with me, if you will, in your Bibles to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Beginning with verse 14. It's also on your handout. If you've got a hand, if I made it around to you and you've got a handout. John chapter 3, beginning with verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through, the, through Him, but the, but that the world through Him might be saved. He who believes in Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed but he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. 
Crime is rampant in our society. Robbery, murders, people even cheating the church. Rape, child molestation, you know that? There's that big uh, story in the news now of the man, the, the father, who left his little baby boy in the, in the car, the hot car all day. He's been charged uh, with murder. Drunkenness, haters of good, looming war. I mean, will it be with the North Koreans or with the Chinese or, or will, it be, will it be with the Iranians? Or are we going to get sucked back into Iraq? What, what's, what's going to happen? Who's it going to be next? Where's the next shoe going to drop? I mean, all those dwell among us. Multiple marriages. You know, marriages that we thought were stable have fallen like a house of cards. Young people. Even in, in homes where mom and daddy are together, have a lack of discipline, which seems unprecedented in our time. Why is our society, with all its wealth, with all its technology, why is our society having such problems? Well, let the Bible tell you why today. Let the Bible tell you why. In John chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, what I've just read, Jesus provides us with an illustration. He provides us with a declaration. And he provides us with an explanation of why our society is the way it is. First, the illustration. Verse 14. And Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. And we're not bound by the laws of the Old Testament, but Romans chapter 15, verse 4, whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we, through the patience and comfort of the Scripture, might have hope. This illustration by Jesus is perfect. It's a perfect illustration to give us hope. That's what this illustration does. The children of Israel, verse 4, they grumbled again. They've become discouraged again. Numbers chapter 21, verse 5, And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no food and no water, and our soul loathes this worthless bread. The worthless bread they're speaking about is manna. God-given manna. Manna that fell from heaven, a constant and consistent food source for the children of Israel as they wandered in the desert. They didn't have to go hunting for it. They didn't have to make it. I mean, God gave it to them. And to them it's worthless. Worthless bread. What did the Lord do? Well, look at Numbers 21, verse 6. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and many of the people of Israel died. Have you ever thought, why am I going through all this pain I'm going through? Have you ever thought that? Maybe it's a test. Do you have what it takes to pass the test? Have you studied enough? The fiery serpents, they're all around you. And a lot of times all we do when the fiery serpents are around us, all we do is complain. So what do you do to get out from under? What can we do 
Get out from under all the pain and the fiery serpents of our lives. Well, we do what they did. Repent. Stop complaining and repent. That's what they did in the desert. Numbers 21, verse 7. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned. For we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that He take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Moses prayed and in the next few verses we'll see the Lord answer His prayer. My question is, are, are we praying? Are we praying? Are we a praying people? As we have the serpents of robbery the serpents of murder, the serpents of, of war, the serpents of, of rape, the serpents of divorce. They're, they're all around us and, and they're biting us. And we can't seem to fight back these minions of, of Satan. Are you praying? That's what, Mo, that's what Moses did. Moses prayed, Numbers 21, verse 8. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent, set it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. Now, the Lord God, He made a way of salvation for His people. And He told the people here, He told His servant Moses, and Moses, He made, he made a, a serpent, and He tied it on a string, and He swung it around His head around the camp. Is that what He did? He swung it around on a string. No. Let's see what he did. No, he did what just God asked. He, he, he made a serpent. He, he put it on a pole. Verse 9, so Moses made a bronze serpent. He put it on a pole. And so it was, if a serpent had been anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Notice, Moses made the serpent. He wasn't told really what to make the serpent out of. He was just told to make a poisonous serpent. Make it out of whatever. What do you make it out of? Made it out of bronze or, or brass. Notice the length of the pole was left up to Moses. He wasn't told to make it this cubits and these. You know, we're studying in First Kings about cubits. I mean, it seems like the whole temple was made out of twenty cubits, thirty cubits, ten cubits. They had a span of fifty cubits. You know, there's some, but they wasn't told to him here. He, made, he put it on a pole that was left up to Moses. But the fiery, the the image, the image, it was commanded. It wasn't a fiery pig. It wasn't a fiery cow. It wasn't a fiery sword. It was a fiery serpent. Moses made that. And he put it on a pole. Was it a big pole that everybody could see? Or was it, was it one he could carry around? We don't know. It doesn't tell us that. But we do know that Moses put it on a pole. A serpent made of bronze. And what's next? Look, look, look at what's next. What did the people have to do? Well, they had to obey, didn't they? People had to obey. The ones infected by the serpent's venom, they had to drag themselves off of their sickbed and look at that which God had commanded. That serpent on a pole. This is the illustration given by Jesus to drive home a declaration. And the declaration, I want you to read with me in John chapter 3, the declaration becomes, is, is a condemnation. When you declare something, you say, this is the way it's going to be or the way that it is. And notice that the declaration that Jesus declares, the way it is or the way it's going to be, is a condemnation, a condemning. John chapter 3, verse 19. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. The declaration... 
is a condemnation. Jesus declares that evil men, men who love darkness, are condemned. And that's the way it is. That's the way it is. Sin brings, brings consequences. As we were talking about in our, in our Bible class, Pat McGuire brought that up. Sin brings consequences. Light and truth and goodness and salvation are in the world, but man will have nothing to do with the light because they love the darkness. And there may be some here today, and what we as a congregation here at Fountainhead are doing, we're calling you out of the darkness and into the light. Or you'll be condemned. That's the declaration that Jesus makes. And Jesus, He gives us in John 3 an illustration of the true condition of man and a declaration of the condition of man. But He also gives us an explanation of why man is condemned and why man is in the state that he's in. In verse 19, the sinful man loves the darkness. If you look at your handout, John chapter 3, verse 20, for everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. People don't want their deeds exposed, so they stay in the darkness and won't come into the light. Maybe you have been beating your head against the wall trying to get your loved one to change and come to Jesus, and here's why they won't. Because they love the darkness. comfortable. It's cool. It's familiar in the darkness. John 3.21 But he who does the truth comes to the light. And his deeds, that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. And you know, that takes humility to do that. To come from the darkness into the light says that I've done something wrong. That I need to be saved from something because my life is not right. That takes humility. And a lot of people in our narcissistic world will not humble themselves to the point of obedience. Because they love the darkness. They're certainly not going to say they're wrong. Sin is so exciting. That's why they choose a life of sin many times. It's so exciting. It, it, sin is fulfilling. Many of those are just apathetic and they just don't want to change. False happiness. False hope. Those are snakes that bite us too. You know, a real man, a real woman, a real Christian will obey God no matter what. No matter who's at the house. A real Christian will stand up for what's right, no matter the cost to themselves. The sinful life is described as darkness. A world not receiving, reflecting, transmitting, or radiating light. But Jesus is the light of the world. We know that. Jesus is life. Jesus is the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. Jesus stated that His light it shines in the darkness, but the darkness, it couldn't comprehend it. John twelve thirty five. Then Jesus said to them, A little while longer the light is with you. 
Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he's going. You know, I read a couple of weeks ago of a guy that was suing U.S. I think it's U.S. Airlines, U.S. Airways. I can't remember which airline he was he was suing. American Airlines. I can't remember. But the reason he sued him was because they he wanted to go to Grenada and they sent him to Grenada. Do you understand what I mean? He wanted to go to Grenada and they sent him to Grenada. He wanted to go to Grenada, Spain, and they sent him to the Caribbean island of Grenada. He lands in, on this island, and it's not where he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be in Spain. Some are in darkness by just a little letter. It's just one word. Grenada is spelled G-R-E-N-A-D-A. Grenada, Spain, which I'm going to say it that way, it's, but it's still pronounced Grenada, is G-R-A-N-A-D-A. One letter, an E and an A. Some people are like that by just a letter, just, just a little bit, but they're still in darkness. They're still in the wrong place. Yet just as Moses lifted up the bronze serpent, God lifts up His Son. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus gave His disciples. He gave them a heads up. John chapter 12, verse 32, if you've got your hand out. And if I am lifted up from the earth... And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. And Jesus was. He was lifted up. The serpent, just like in the desert, was lifted up. Jesus was lifted up. That's part of the saving gospel. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. And this is a reenactment of this gospel on the screen right here. Okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4, Paul is, is, is talking to the Corinthians, and he, 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 he talk, he's talking to Christians. These, these folks have obeyed the gospel. Okay, Notice what, how he talks to them. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you. I preached this gospel to you. All right, Here's, here's what I preached to you. Which also you received. You, you took this gospel. You received it. Okay, you, you received it. And in which you stand, you not only received it, you, you obeyed it and you stand in this gospel. Notice, by which also you are saved. You're saved by this gospel. We know that. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. The gospel is God's power to save man. If, here's that little big word, if. It's a little big word. If. If you hold fast that word which I preach to you. If you hold fast to the word which I preach to you, the gospel. If you hold fast to that, you'll be saved. But if you don't, What's the consequences? If you didn't look at the serpent on the pole in the desert, you died. For I delivered you, first of all, which I also received, that, number one, Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, and He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And that's, what's, that's what's shown right here on the screen, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and how you obey that gospel. First, Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7-9 through 9 says, if you don't obey the gospel, Jesus Christ is going to come back in flaming fire, taking vengeance out on those who don't obey the gospel. So we've got to obey this gospel. How do we obey this gospel? Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through four. That's, that's, that's God's wonderful gift of salvation. That's His grace. Isn't it wonderful? We didn't think this up. God thought this up. This is how we get into Jesus Christ. We're buried with Him in baptism. We die with Him. We're buried with Him. And we raise just like Him. And one of these days, one of these days, we're going to the promised land. Oh yeah. 
We're going to the promised land. It's in sight. It's in sight. Have you been bitten by sin? And are you drawn to the cross today? You don't have to die. You can be saved by obeying the gospel. Come right now. As together we stand and sing.